Hey everybody, welcome to the Metal Mama podcast. My name is Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and I know some of you have been messaging me on Discord and Instagram asking what the heck is going on. I need to apologize to everybody. I'm very sorry. I think uh, most of you know from the last episode that I put out that been going through a divorce and Hopefully none of you have ever gone through that. If you have, you understand how much of your time and effort it takes up. And that's why it's just like I've had to put everything on hold just to get through this. Fortunately, the divorce was finalized and I am now able to get content out, get reviews out, get blog posts and get podcast episodes again. So we're super happy. And fortunately, I have a guest that we've been waiting to get this podcast done and you can introduce yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm Pete. Um, I am the lead vocalist of Crown Solace and Urania Fantasia, solo artist, session musician, all of those things. Um, and I'm so excited to be here today to finally get to talk to you. I think it's been, you know, well, obviously we talk outside of this setting. However, you know, to get it down on the podcast is actually really, really nice. So thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been we've been trying for a while and I know you and I talk back and forth on like Instagram and stuff all the time. But yeah, I'm glad that we're finally here on the show. I know. Me too. Me too. It's a long time coming and we've tried a couple of times, haven't we? But things have got in the way and you know, life happens. So <laughs> better late than never, as I say. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. We finally, you know, schedules are hard, especially when you're dealing with like the time zones we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Was it seven hours? You're seven hours ahead or behind me? Behind me, I think, aren't you? Yeah, I'm seven hours behind you. Um, and you're seven hours ahead of me. And that's until daylight saving time switch. And it's different all over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Daylight saving time. What a nightmare. <laughs> I, I mean, hooray for to get a little bit more light. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I mean, yay for World War Two, I guess, because that's exactly what I, I, mean, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> one, <laughs> one one decent thing to come from, I guess. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go for a minute just because you guys just released a new EP. So I'm gonna give you a chance to talk about that because you kind of you know you have to. Oh, yeah, we have just released a new EP. I'm really, really proud of it. And I know that the guys are as well. Um, it's been really well received. It's, um, it's it's had a few different reviews come through. Uh, it's had, um, you know, some really nice comments and feedback left on, on the video. And we're just so happy that we've managed to get it out. It's something that we've been sitting on for kind of 12 months. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to have that end result is just really, really great. And it's going to give us a little bit more clout, I think, to kind of get out there and get some live shows going on and, you know, do something else. Um, but I know you've been toying with a review yourself, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, the review itself is going to be coming out tomorrow or the next day. So tomorrow or Friday. Um, I've got all my notes here and everything. Now I just need to kind of, you know, put my notes together into a cohesive review. Um, but yes, I am reviewing it. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, go easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> easy on you i promise actually like i mean spoiler i did like it um i just think that you know i'm not one of those people that like unless somebody tells me i really really want you to review this please review it i'm never really gonna be like well i hated it and it sucked and i have nothing good to say like why would i bother reviewing it uh i hear you on that a few people have done that to us and i just it, well i say a few people one person did it um to the first song we ever released they did a random review um and it 
was just horrific. Like they just slated everything that we did. And I didn't really feel there was a need for it because why would you review it if you don't like it? It didn't make any sense whatsoever, but there we are. And that's that's kind of how I view things is it's like, I didn't, you know, I mean, sure, there's there's some albums where it's like, I don't like every song in the album. I think uh, Camelot's newest album, I reviewed it and I didn't like every single song, but overall i enjoyed the album because if i'm listening to something and i'm like this really sucks i'm not gonna keep listening to it i'm just yeah. not yeah you're right it, it kind of makes sense for you to like it at least doesn't it <laughs> yeah and then on top of that like i know that people i mean i you know i've been around musicians and on the back end of the music industry like i mean i've never been you know on stage or front facing but i've done things on the business side of the music industry for so many years. And so I know how hard people work and I know how proud they are of their work. And sure. I know that you understand not everybody's going to like what you do, but I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to be the person who's like, no, nah, I didn't like it. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I think, you know, if I, I get a lot of messages nowadays on Instagram and they're from like people that kind of like our stuff or maybe like what I'm doing on there. And they'll say to me, Oh, what do you think of this singer? What do you think of this singer? And I just refuse to answer because I think you can just get caught up in a, in a war of opinion sometimes. And actually, you know, what's my opinion? Do you know what I mean? You know, what is my opinion on how well so what so and so sung at Vakan this year, or you know, this festival that happened over there? You know, how well did they? Do? It doesn't matter. Um, and I think that unless I'm reviewing it from a you know a critique perspective, I'm not going to weigh in. <laughs> I'm just going to keep my nose out and keep away from all that. <laughs> But, you know, it's different yeah. for yourself because you are actually a reviewer. So sometimes you do have to become you know, the person that critiques. And, and, I, and, I, and I get that and appreciate it completely. But for me, who's, who's not doing that apart from, uh, you know, so that the guys that are messaging me can get a little bit of a scoop on how I felt someone did vocally. I just think it's not worth me even entertaining. I'm not sure why somebody would do that. I mean, I can understand if you actually did review music, but you don't. You You are a musician. You are a vocalist. And it's like... I mean, uh, I guess I guess if it was somebody else who was a vocalist and like, so what do you think of this? Maybe that's different. But just some random person who's like, hey, what do you think of this guy's album? If you're like, um, why? I've, no I've noticed recently people become very obsessed with the technicality of singers. And this is like non-singers almost, you know, non actually, I think even broader than that, non-musical people, just people that enjoy music, have become obsessed with the technicality of singers and like who has the highest note, who has the biggest range, who's able to do this louder, who's in belt, who's in head voice, who's in chest voice. And you get to the point where actually they want you to feed their knowledge through um, understanding how another person does. But with that comes opinion and sometimes that opinion can get you into trouble especially when you're in the industry you know if i say actually do you know what someone didn't do that very well and that message gets out you know i could be in a bit of trouble as well and it, it doesn't go down very nicely so i think this whole um this whole rabbit hole of people this whole feeling of people going down this rabbit hole in terms of vocal technique is just got way out of hand <laughs> You know, learn it from a book if you need to, but we'd have to analyze every single singer to the point beyond belief. It's just, it's just not cool. I don't, I don't quite understand that. I mean, you and I have talked about, you know, vocal technique yeah. and stuff many, many times, but I don't think I've ever been like, so what do you, well, actually, no, there's only. You're, you're involved in the industry though. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's totally different. And you're a musician yourself in your own right. Okay. Albeit not singing, but well, you have done some singing actually. So, you know, mm -hmm. you, you have an interest, an invested interest, but. The people that you get, like you know, nowadays, just 
Yeah, they just want to hear some. They just want to hear some negativity for no reason whatsoever. Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> want to hear all that. I don't want to. I don't even like. I don't know. To me, it's like I. I love my music, and if I'm listening to it, I don't. I want to enjoy it, and I want to hear somebody's voice and be like, "Wow, that is an amazing voice or wonderful range or you know." Yeah. That's yeah. Right. I actually messaged a singer the other day. Um, it's a really good point you make. That I messaged a singer the other day who they just released an album, and for the first time, I actually listened. For the first time in a long time, I listened to this singer's voice without listening to the technique that was behind it because it was just so good. And I actually messaged this person. I was like, look, you know, one singer to another, I actually really liked what you've just done. And it was the first time in a long time that I've listened to voice and enjoyed it rather than listen to it from like a technical standpoint because obviously you do as another singer and especially as a teacher as well I really do um, and that was really welcome so I'm with you on that like you know you, why would you want to ruin that experience I did it and it's not good <laughs> so keep it sacred keep it you know for you and, and enjoy every single moment that you listen to music <laughs> that's how I am there there is one singer though that I really do listen to their technique just because his range is kind of insane and uh, Giannis, the lead singer of Beast in Black. Yeah, uh, Giannis has got a great voice. He's yeah, got a really good. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know the way that he slides from uh, one octave to the other, and and it's just, and especially after last year, I saw them here in Denver. They played with Nightwish and they played live, and for yeah. a moment, I had to push up to the stage to make sure he wasn't lip syncing. Yeah, no, he's a great singer. He's really, really good. He's um he slides so effortlessly through like his passaggio and just bridges that gap between chest voice and head voice um so so well so yeah i'm I'm a little bit jealous of Giannis. i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i think i think anybody who sings is probably jealous of him but yeah, yeah. i would say so i would say so <laughs> i was i was actually in shock when i heard them live because i'm like this sounds like the album track and i actually like pushed up to the stage to watch his mouth moving to be like is this dude lip syncing this like what's going on and he <laughs> wasn't no no he doesn't he's just got such good technique yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, very good singer. And I can say that, like, you know, I know we're just talking about not having opinions, but that is not an opinion. That's a fact. <laughs> no, there's no there's no opinion on the fact that that guy, yeah, you know, who yeah. else was the same way live that shocked me? And I was super duper close um, was uh, Giacomo Volley, who's Rhapsody of Fire's lead singer right now. And he also I was like, holy cow, he's good live. I'm not familiar with with them. I should be, but I'm not. Uh. Um yeah, I need to I need to go into that because I've not I've not really uh, I've not delved deep enough to know like whether or not he's a really good singer. So yeah, that's that's one for the list. Yeah, that's uh, he he's very good live. I mean, Rhapsody Fire have they've they've kind of like switched lead singers a couple times, but yeah, he's also very good live. But yeah, that's like that's like the last couple times. Uh, and then um, sometimes when I see people live, I'm just like, this is great, but I'm not really paying attention to their voice or their technique. But with yeah. Speaking of uh, voices, we are going to talk about yours because yours is so <laughs> unique. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a sopranist, um, which is probably a term that you're more familiar with if you're involved in the classical industry. Um, and it's it's uh, kind of a fuck, I suppose, of the countertenor range in a really weird, loose way. Um, so, you know, a countertenor is someone that sings up in their falsetto. And a sopranist does exactly the same thing, but there are tonal differences between the two. So a countertenor has kind of a tinny quality to their voice, almost um, a little bit like nasally in a good way uh, and a little bit 
squeezed, whereas a count a soprano sounds like a soprano, uh, so or a mezzo soprano has more of a female quality, which is where I sit. Um, so you know you could be mistaken, as I have quite a lot of times, especially with the EP release, because there's not a music video out with my face on it. Uh, people have asked, oh, who's the female singer on the album? Well, yeah, it's actually me. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's where my vocal, vocal uh, kind of range lies uh, up there. But it's a bit of a rare one because I can take it down quite low as well. So like, you know, for example, on one of the songs, Dangerous Eyes, I, everyone's like, oh, you, you know, you, you dipped into your chest voice there. No, I didn't. I just took my falsetto down very low and provided you with lots of tips and tricks to make it sound like it was much weightier than it actually is. <laughs> but hey, that's what being a good singer is, I suppose. So I'll take that one. <laughs> that That's good. Now, the only reason why I don't think you did on that track is because I have actually heard your chest voice and I did not hear it on that track. Ah, why did you hear that? When we were talking about singing, because you were talking about my range and you oh, were giving yes. it. Yeah. Yes, I demonstrated, and it's much more full, isn't it? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of baritone, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all right. It's not a bad voice, my chest voice. It's just, if you, you know, this is no ego. Like, I, I'm not a fan of ego, but if you put me in a line of sopranists, I would be at the top of my game. If you put me in a line of tenors and baritones, I would be nowhere near the top. <laughs> so, you know, I don't use it because ultimately it's not my my niche. It's not my best. Mm-hmm. It's not the best part of me um whereas i know that you know i i am a decent singer up in the top end um so it, it kind of makes sense for me to draw in on that but one day one day i'll, I'll, I'll use it i'm sure <laughs> so what you need to use, do is like really screw people up and use it as like a backing vocal in one of your tracks so nobody really realizes it's you doing both yeah uh, so i actually you funny you should say that i actually did do that on about three or four tracks on the ep um did there you? is yeah, so there's some choir parts um, that I've layered up, and um, I used I used I did it over four octaves. There's actually in the in Dangerous Eyes underneath on the harmony. There's um, there's my chest voice as well. So if you listen very closely, you can hear it. Uh, but it's it's not something that I would feel comfortable doing lead vocals with just yet. But who knows? That might change. Ah, uh, see, I didn't even notice it because I was just listening to you know the main vocals of the track, and I was like, yeah. no, I didn't, I didn't hear your chest voice in that, but that's only because I have <laughs> heard your chest voice, so I knew what it sounded like. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, one day, one day it'll be there. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and your your chest voice is uh, about as low as mine is. <laughs> I know it is. I was really shocked. I was like, God, you've got a really low voice because you know contraltos mm-hmm. are fairly rare. And, um, and mm-hmm. it was, it was nice to actually talk to someone that, that knew that and was like, yeah, I know controlters are rare, but I am actually a controlter. And I was like, yeah, you know, you are, I think I did even got the piano out to I Yeah, we, we went to, but the only thing is, is that we realized that I don't, cause like I said, about 20 years ago, I would have told you where my break is. I don't actually <laughs> know where my break is anymore. Um, cause you know, the older you get, your voice does change, um, so I don't know these days if I'm still a true contralto. I think I think I still am. Yeah. Well, it, to be honest with you, the voice as it gets older usually darkens. So you do lose a little bit of range. Um, I, yeah, I definitely you, have. Yeah. You, you lose it from the top mostly. Uh, the top is where the, the kind of voice goes first. Um, but I wouldn't say you would naturally gain it on the bottom but it does make the bottom notes a bit more weighty as you get older and then you get to a certain point where it all sounds crap anyway so you, you know you kind of just got to bow out um but yeah so i would imagine that 
you wouldn't slip out of being a contralto. If anything, you'd probably add weight to being a contralto. So yeah, you 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 probably still are. I would say ninety percent still are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you were we were we were checking the scales and everything because where you yeah. were going, checking to see if I could hit my break. There was a couple points where I was like, nope, you've already passed my break. Way past it. You just need to get yep. back down there again. <laughs> yeah, just like go lower, <laughs> go a little. But yeah, my break is uh, it is not very high, and uh, that is a. I guess we could say a problem I have faced in the past, but I've never seen it as a problem. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, yeah, again, like, we, you know, going back to technique, um, a, a lot of people now, you know, in, in recent studies and in recent teachings are treating the voice as one whole and trying to, um, from a lesson point of view, eradicate the terminology of chest voice and head voice and just looking at, you know, M1 and M2, you know, modal one and modal two, which is a little bit more scientific, but probably more um, linear. So, you know, it connects the whole two together. So it's important to know where your break is as a, as a teacher or for the teacher to know the student's break. But as a singer, I think it's more important to look at the voice as one whole stretch. And, you know, this is coming from someone who just sings in that M2. So, you know, I'm a little bit hypocritical, but hey, there we are. Um, but, you know, not not understanding that break and working through it to create one whole voice is actually, you know, where we kind of want to be. So, yeah, it's really interesting that you say that you think it's hindered you. Whereas I believe that's because we're from a generation where it was really drummed into us, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, you must know what chest voice is. You must know what head voice is. You must know where passaggio and break are. Whereas nowadays, it's becoming much more fluid and much more akin to having like one voice rather than two separate voices. So yeah, I think it's a generational thing as well, that. It is very much a generational thing. And especially for me, because when I was younger and um, I had some, I had a couple of pretty bad vocal teachers when I was younger who would push me into, you know, a higher range than I should have been because the way they saw it. And we're talking, you know, this was like in the 1990s and, and they were like, oh, well, you're a female. You have to be this high. And it's like, but uh, I can't. <laughs> So around that time, um, and still today, very much so today, because of the remnants of that time, they um, often used to pigeonhole mezzo-sopranos as altos. Mm -hmm. but they were actually mezzos that were underdeveloped. And the same with sopranos. You know, they'd pigeonhole sopranos as mezzo-sopranos because they just didn't develop the upper range. So there was this focus around pushing the singer around that era that meant that actually they would sit correctly into their vocal fuck. But actually, sometimes you've just got to understand someone's voice. Like, there's no point in pushing you to a high C if you're an alto. Like, you know, you're never going to get that high C. It's going to damage your voice. It's going to damage your confidence. So you need to understand someone's voice and voice limitations before pushing them to a part that actually they're never going to be able to like hit or reach. Um, yeah, really interesting. Really, really interesting. But all of this sort of teaching was before you know endoscopies and before we could go into the i don't think endoscopy laryngoscopy maybe is probably the better word i'm awful with medical terms but you know where we would we'd go into the larynx and see what's going on and you know see where the vocal folds are and all of these teachings come from the old bel canto ways and things like that of the ancient teachers that you know are actually outdated and i think that as we've moved forward in, in terminology and time we've definitely gained a more broader understanding of how the voice works um but some of those teachers are still stuck in the dark ages they really really are 
That's fascinating. There's so much about like, you know, sort of the science behind vocals that obviously I do not know. However, just to let people listening know the reason why we're getting into a little more technical thing is because you are actually a vocal teacher. <laughs> I am. I'm, I, I am. I do. So I am a vocal teacher. Um, I am. In the grand scheme of things, I'm a fairly new vocal teacher. However, my vocal classes are around the body. So it's a holistic approach to vocal teaching. And that sounds quite wishy-washy sometimes. I'm not a fan of wishy-washy. I like things that are direct. But what I do is I understand how the body and the mind work uh, you know, from you know, years of training as a therapist and understanding how you know, mental blockages cause us to have physical blockages and all those sorts of things. And I attribute that great grasp of knowledge with my good grasp of knowledge of teaching to tailor a really, a really specific lesson around kind of confidence building and mind over matter and that sort of approach while still having a technical influence. So yeah, I am a vocal teacher, but you know, there are others that are far more technical than me. So, you know, I, I could easily have got some of my terminology wrong there. <laughs> and, you know, you'd be <laughs> forgiven for like calling me out on it. Um, but no, I have a good understanding. You know, I have like a 70% understanding of it um, and a 100% understanding of kind of the, you know, the, the, the therapy side of things. So that combined gives me a real good foundation to be able to do these lessons in the way that I really want to. Um, if, if someone wanted to come for pure technicality, I would send them and signpost them to a teacher that I know could do better. And I've got some really good connections for that. But if someone w wanted to come for, you know, understanding how their mind is influencing their voice and how to get over some of the blockages that they face within singing and also learn technique as well, then I would be the guy for that. That is fascinating. I, I think, I mean, for me personally, though, hearing somebody that can do you know, like not just work with the technical aspect of your voice, but kind of the body as a whole. I think that's super cool. So yeah, maybe one of these days I'll finally give you what you want and you let you get a hold of my voice. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it. And of course, for you, there would be no charge because I just want to know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of really, really low range going on there is what there is. <laughs> yeah, I would be interested to hear I would be interested to hear that. So one day we'll have to set that up. But this was hard enough to get us together for this. So I'll give you six months, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, now that, like we said, my schedule has finally yeah calm yeah. down and you know no more having to rush to court dates and split work days and stuff i'm I'm much easier to deal with now uh, no i'm looking forward to it so i do have a question that goes on this because i think you and i could talk about this for hours and yeah, you know yeah we don't have that on this show but <laughs> you obviously like with crown solace which is one of the projects that you work with i mean this is a metal project however you have a very classical sounding voice and yeah yeah there's obviously a couple metal projects that we can think of that do that you know nightwish kind of comes to mind but what caused you to go okay even though i can be here like i can be in the classical in the theater and you would probably do amazing there what caused you to go now i'm going over here yeah, that's such a good question. So there's a couple of things to that. Um, so I I did study classically. Um, a lot of what you hear on on the EP and in my music, and I'm talking a lot, I'm talking like 90% of my stuff is actually contemporary stylings with a classical technique. So for example, if you listen to Inside My Mind on the chorus, 
The first half of the chorus applies a more classical technique. The second half of the chorus then goes straight into contemporary sounding, which is less vibrato. It's more of a belt sound, um, still up in my, my, my high register, but it's not as classical as people initially think, but because they're not used to hearing a classical, a full classical voice, it still sounds very classical. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it so, does. It yeah, makes perfect really, sense. Yeah, yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I always wonder because, I mean, it's not that you don't hear it in metal. You do hear people with really great voices and classically trained voices that yeah. can move into metal. But I always wonder, like, what made somebody say, like, no, I'm going to go over here. Like, this is what I want to yeah, work on. Yeah. So, so, so that for one, for me, um, the, the reason why I kind of said that was because actually I get so bored being pigeonholed and one of the things that the classical industry do and this is just one of the many things that I don't like about the industry and I'm not going to say that it's, it's all bad but there are a few things I don't like is that they tend to pigeonhole people into categories and you know you can't possibly be in a metal band if you're in an opera house you can't possibly sing things that aren't correct they have to be written for you in your fuck um and there's so many different do's and don'ts and the environment is very stuffy now whilst they are absolutely disciplined whilst they are fantastic at their craft and they are you know the top of their game when it comes to vocalists there is also a lot of restrictions as well that i actually as an individual weren't prepared to kind of undergo um and i think you know I, I i'm not an opera singer i always make that really clear you know i am not an opera singer i'm not good enough to be an opera singer because i didn't finish my studies to the point where i would have been good enough and i certainly haven't got that discipline however if i wanted to i think you know give go back 10 15 years i probably could have done that um but i quickly realized that it wasn't for me and around that same time i turned the tv on Nightwish was playing on the TV. Uh, it was Nemo, and I just thought, yeah, this is where I need to sit. Um, and I and I and I kind of went down the metal road. Musical theatre as well. So my voice type, there is no roles for me in musical theatre. Why would you employ me when you can employ, you know, um, Patti Lapone, mm -hmm. Kerry Ellis, Dina Menzel? <clears throat> Excuse me, because that's the big ones, you know, that that I would sing. Um, and there's no point in having me when you can have them. <laughs> So there wasn't really a market for me in the, in the, in the musical theatre world either. Um, and metal seems to be the most accepting place for me to do what I need to do and also make an impact because I don't think it's been done before. So I, I, yeah, that's kind of where I decided to, to lay my roots, if you like. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, sure, I've heard metal bands with soprano singers, but first off, they're female. You know, yeah. <laughs> and 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 secondly, they don't have the same sound that yeah. your project has either, because you guys kind of like, at least to me, I felt like there was a lot of genre crossing going on. Yes, totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Maybe too much, maybe too much. And I think that that's OK to say that. I think we were experimenting with sound. It's our first EP. Like, you know, we wanted to know what worked, what didn't work. There was definitely more tracks that lent to the metalcore vibe. There was more tracks that lent to the symphonic vibe. And, you know, I think whilst and when you've not released anything, you've got a whole host of ideas. It can be quite easy to make things unrefined. So I'm happy to say that I feel that EP is probably unrefined. Um, what else, you know, the other things that are in there are, 
grandiose um, vocals, it's, you know, from myself. I kind of pushed myself really hard with that. The arrangements are different. The the mood of the songs are different. So actually, unrefined isn't always bad. <laughs> We don't want things that are too too refined, you know? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. To me, like, if you really think, like, are we experimenting too much? Then all you have to do is, like, go listen to, you know, Camelot's albums through the years and be like, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally agree. (laughs) That's just, that's like, that's kind of like, you know, if you go further than that, then you might be like, okay, we got to dial it back a little bit. But unless you surpass what Camelot has done over the years, you could be like, no, we're okay. It's cool. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> they, do, they do so much like that. I mean, I don't know. I personally didn't feel like it was too much genre crossing. I, I like, I really appreciated um, just the whole thing of like, you know, hearing something that was like, what does this, like, what subgenre does this fit in? And I yeah, don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find out. <laughs> But I like oh, that yeah. because, again, that's yeah. like this is something different. Like, and not that I dislike, you know, well, I dislike it when albums sound completely the same. But, yeah. you know, in general, like if I'm like, wait a minute, like where where is this at? Like what subgenres are we in right now? I, I like that a lot. So I appreciate it. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad someone did. I'm, I'm sure there's others as well. I'm just being, being silly. <laughs> yeah. Which means that everybody now knows, oh, great. So her review is going to be good. And it's like, well, yes, yes, it is. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> the spoiler has happened, even though the review is probably going to be out before this episode's edited. But that's OK. That's fine. Uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I don't want to get too too much into because once again we can go into the technical side of singing yeah, so yeah, we much can. which is yeah. ridiculously uh-huh. silly. So what I'm I'm gonna like go back into the metal thing. Like when we're talking yeah, about no, for it. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean you've got a few projects that you work on. Uh you and I both are part of a community of some amazingly talented people. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I know that you work with them. So besides metal, because obviously we talk a lot about metal, but besides metal, mm-hmm. what are you like? Man, I love this. Like I love listening to this kind of music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the it's, oh god, there's there's so many different things, isn't there? <laughs> there's so many different things I do, and, and each of them are quite varied. So obviously we're part mm-hmm. of Universe, which is uh, Uranium Fantasia for me as an artist. Um, but there's also a solo project that I'm working on. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but I had a track released in 2019 called Locked Away. No, and I haven't heard was, that one. Uh, okay, so it was a solo project and it's, uh, or solo solo track, it was my first track ever. And it was kind of like chamber pop, so orchestral pop um, that was written by Adrian. So Adrian, obviously, who you know, Adrian Benegas. Yes. Um, yeah. He wrote that track for me. And... Um, we life got so busy for me after that track. I got a lot of different guest projects. Um, I got a lot of different things, but I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to go back and finish um, an EP, and I wanted that track to be kind of like the staple piece of that EP. And I always knew that Adrian, you know, w- was going to be the guy for me in that. So we've actually very recently started up with this process again, and I've just finished the demo for the next song on that EP to be five songs in total um including locked away so another four songs that are unheard i'm going to release maybe release them as singles and release them as a whole package at the end i might release maybe three of them as singles i don't know yet but yeah that's not metal and you know what 
and this is going to sound really strange, I actually feel like I needed to reset back to that after after Animus. I needed something that was light, but also had intensity and deep lyrics and, you know, focus around the things that I, I started two years ago, because this has just been such a massive journey for me of all these different projects that I've kind of forgotten why I wanted to write songs. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes I I was uh, yeah. yeah, I completely understand that. You're kind of like almost going to your roots in a sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you said, you know, you're you're really keen on other genres and other different things and you know, there's some atmospheric like um uh chill out projects that I'm involved in and and other things like that. But this for me is kind of I guess it symbolizes a diff- the other side of me, you know, the other side of, of me as a vocalist and the other side of me as a person. And I'm super, super excited to get it out. Uh, it's the saddest song that I've ever written. And I love sad songs. I'm not a happy song person. Um, I think that that's pretty evident. <laughs> um, I like sad songs. So yeah, it's the saddest song I've ever written and I am so excited for it. But yeah, it's going to be a while till anybody hears it. So I don't think it's coming out next week. <laughs> Okay, so it's not next week, but it'll be... Uh, I'm looking forward to it only because I know you have an amazing voice and Adrian is so super talented, so I think it's going to be great. Yeah, he's really good. And, you know, what he... what we, we've So three of the songs have been written so far. Another two are being ready to be composed. Um, I've just got to give Adrian the green light. Uh, so this really is the scoop because Adrian kind of doesn't have the scoop yet. <laughs> but I know he's going to be on board of it, so it's kind of talk about... Um, but he, yeah, he's an incredible, comp- incredible composer. I mean, his last metal album was just insane. Oh my God, it's so good. I've got like, I think over half the songs are on like constant replay on my Spotify right now. Yeah, honestly, he's, he's amazing. And I, and I've, and I've known of him since, um, you know, I, I discovered Tragul, which is one of his symphonic metal projects. And we've been friends ever since, like maybe for like four years now. And that guy has literally fostered my career like from the start yeah okay you know what i've stepped away we stepped away from working together for three or four years um or two or three years i should say um but now we're back on it and it's just like we picked up from yesterday you know he's just such a great person i really really value him so yeah i'm excited for this project to come out um and and i do want everyone to hear it it's a different side of me that i'm just ready to kind of share I think that's super cool. And I think like those of us who are metalheads, because obviously I'm very firmly a metalhead, mostly a power metalhead. But yeah, as, yeah. yeah, at the same time, like anybody I've met, especially power metalheads, we have a deep appreciation for other genres of music, too. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. And it's funny you should say that because... I think me and you were talking um at some point about you know how how to pitch each other like as a as a kind of you know as an artist like when it comes to gigs and stuff and actually a power metal crowd is always a winner because they're so readily receiving of other 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 people and other sounds like you know you don't really get mm-hmm. any bad blood there and it's really nice to have that from fans yeah, and especially those of us in the United States, because power metal is so underrepresented in the United States. Yeah, same yeah. for the UK. Well, yeah, yeah, same really? for the UK. The UK hasn't really got much of a metal scene anymore. Um, there's a couple of symphonic metal bands that are really great over here. Um, Tales of Time, Up and Coming, um, Artemis and Apollo, just to, to name a few that are, that are coming up. Um, but for the most part, it's got a bigger power metal scene than it has symphonic, but it's still fairly small. Like there's not that much going on. It's a lot of metalcore 
and like screamo music and that's kind of like the the uk uh the uk uh talent is coming out in that way which is great and it's wonderful but i do feel like an, a you know a little bit more uh, power metal representation and symphonic metal representation would be great <laughs> that's that's the same problem we have here i think uh when marius danielson was on the show we were talking about power metal bands in the united states and between the two of us i think we finally were able to name three um, and we both realized that Camelot doesn't actually count. So, you know, Camelot would have been yeah, up for no, four, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> here it's the same thing. I think like, well, my roommate is in a band, but they're not power metal. They're like thrash and power. And so you get a lot of like thrash and yeah. speed metal happening here. Not, huh? yeah, not really power metal though. And But Canada, on the other hand, you know, uh-huh. your neighboring country. Lots of power metal coming out of Canada. Yep. Unleash the Arches. Oh, like, God, they're uh, so good. I love the them. Yeah. Oh, me too. Britney's yes. such a great singer. She's incredible. Uh, Unleash very, the very good is vocal. amazing. Anytime I hear like a female-fronted power metal band, my response yeah. is like, just give it to me. Give it to me. Give me the whole thing. Every album they've ever done. Yeah. Give me. Nora. Nora from Battle Beast. Uh, um, I'm actually seeing them very, very soon. She's probably... Okay. Okay, here we go. This is this is a big this is a bold statement. She's probably the best female vocalist in metal at the moment. <laughs> you you <laughs> That's said a that. Bold you you said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think she is. I don't think there's. I, I mean, I've seen her live, and very much like Yanis, like she is pitch perfect she doesn't put a is note she? wrong oh, and, wow yeah oh my god she is incredible um and, and you know while she might not be my favorite t- from a technicality point of view she is insane she's a very 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 good singer that's awesome i um yeah. i will find this out in a couple of weeks because uh they're playing here with camelot uh toward the end oh, of august wow. yeah oh amazing oh yeah let me know what you think because uh, i'm seeing her in january in bristol so i've seen her once already um or them i should say and not, it's not just her i'm seeing like oh, yeah uh, i've seen them once already um but yeah no it's it, she's a, she's a great singer so i think you'll be thrilled yeah i'm looking i'm really looking forward to that show because i've never had the chance to see camelot live and i've been listening to them forever so i'm super excited about that but when i found out they were coming with battle beast 2 i was like oh this is gonna be amazing so Oh yeah, I think you'll enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you make your statement, and I'm gonna be like, all right, Pete said it. Pete said it. He said it. He's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, there's some great singers out there, but I think she's just so clean. Like she just is so, so, so clean. So yeah, she correct does have me if I'm wrong. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then again, like, yes, she is. And but then again, like kind of talking very quickly because i know we have to wrap up very very shortly but um you know like unleash the archers like her her voice her control and it's yeah. just most anytime i hear like a female fronted power metal band it's the same thing it's they've got this amazing control this beautiful mm-hmm. soaring voice and so i'm always like just give the whole thing to me uh, yeah what what other ones can you think of I uh, seven think- kingdoms um their their lead singer she's great uh dreamtail who has a former oh, battle beast yeah, needs, yeah she's lovely yeah she's yeah very so very nice good well. yep. yeah she's so lovely yeah there's uh let's see frozen crown does have a female singer and she does a beautiful job as well yeah temperance temperance oh yeah temperance is like their female singer is awesome but again they all have that same wonderful quality of like you know kind of a little bit lower on the register but just these beautiful soaring vocals yeah, they've, actually, 
got Kristen Starkey now, um, who is a contralto as well. And she, well, talking oh, yeah. of incredible, yeah, she is through the roof. She's very, very good. I saw that on their Instagram and I was surprised because I discovered Kristen Starkey through a very yeah. nerdy thing because Scar, who uh, he's actually in equilibrium, but I know him because he does covers of video game stuff from like Final Fantasy 14 or whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. he did a cover of one of the songs in Endwalker and Kristen Starkey was part of it. And that's, that's actually how I discovered her. And I was like, I don't know who this vocalist is, but I need to hear more of her stuff. So Yeah. Great. I think I heard us in Ghost of School, which has been done quite a lot of times. And, and I can honestly say uh, it blew me away so much that I had to share it on my story. And I was like, this is incredible. Um, so, yeah, she, she's a great singer. There's so much talent out there, right? There you know, really I, I, I'm all about blowing smoke up other singers' backsides. I just yep. love doing that. That's yep. kind of me. Um, and and I'm, I will always champion other singers. I will always champion other people because mm -hmm. I think if we can't do that, then what else can we do, you know? I am of the opinion that all ships rise. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And that's that's yeah. just kind of how I feel. That's why, like, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't like to get on and just be like, well, I hated this and it sucked and the band sucks too. I'm just yeah. uh -huh. like, there's so much of that out there. Why do we have to do that when we're talking about the music yeah, that we love and appreciate? Really yeah. yeah, I agree. That's that's just kind of how I feel about it. And especially, and I'm going to, I am going to play the card, but it is, it is true when you're dealing with metal there's so many bands, so many well-known bands. And even when you're looking at the pioneers of this type of metal, most of them, when you talk about them, they're males and they're male singers. And so, huh? yeah, when you hear a woman in it, it's like amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah it's, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, that's why I feel that way. And that's why I'm always like, yes, it's a female-fronted band. Give it, give it the whole thing. Just give it to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to listen to it. I want to go see them live. It's great. I love everything. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> and they're all so absolutely gorgeous, too. Like, that's another thing I've noticed. Anytime I see yeah. any of them, I'm like, wow, they've got a beautiful voice and they're a beautiful person. I love this. So. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It, it does. And it makes a difference, right? <laughs> you know, it really I think does. Appreciate people and just how they dress and their outfits. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think. That we all need some sort of charisma on stage and you know it's certainly certainly good to watch a, a woman doing that I'm a, I'm a bit of a feminist you know and it's okay for a man to be a feminist for everybody out there that thinks that i'm talking bullshit it's absolutely fine for that and i just love seeing a strong woman do their thing like i think yes like absolutely own it like you know it's you've had years of oppression Let, let's just eradicate that now because now it's time to own it so yeah i'm all for it <laughs> i'm like i know we're gonna wrap up in like just a minute but i think it's that cool. you kind of hit on something because to me personally as as a woman saying this i feel like metal lends to allowing us to be strong women like that's kind I of totally like totally agree yeah yeah it's a great it's a green light to it and it's not that's not to say that it's not okay to be vulnerable like it absolutely is okay to be vulnerable sure. and that is part of what makes everyone you know that that i'm talking about you know jungian theories animus male female equilibrium balance that is exactly um what it's supposed to be we're supposed to be able to be vulnerable but we're also allowed to be strong and i think that mm -hmm. the the control around having women not being strong and being, you know, aggressive as a term instead of strong is just, it's just not for me. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this does lend really well to being able to let females especially express that inner masculinity, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. And that's like, I get called aggressive all the time, all the time. I it's get not, asked. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. 
it annoys me. It's a massive passion of mine. You're assertive. You set mm-hmm. boundaries. You are not aggressive. You know, and I know that because I know you, and I can speak confidently. And and I think that other people need to take a look in the mirror if they can't stand a strong, independent woman because there's something fundamentally wrong with their upbringing and their traumas. So yeah, we'll 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 leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know just to kind of say, but you're right because when it comes to metal, like anytime I meet another female who's into metal, or anytime I talk to a lady who's like singing for a metal band they get called the same thing. They always get called like aggressive or, you know, and, and uh. people like every one of us, they're like, Oh yeah, I get called a bitch all the time. And, but that's not what we are. We're just strong. Yeah. Yeah. You're just allowed to set your boundaries and you're allowed mm-hmm. to say, actually, you know, that doesn't work for me or actually, right. you know, I don't want to do that. Um, there's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And it's time people just started stepping into their power and, you know, had uncomfortable conversations because those Big fat white men that have oppressed people for a long time are not around anymore to rule the world. So it's <laughs> <died. laughs> <laughs> That's like a whole other episode. Now I need oh, yeah, to find. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I we need should, to like do a political podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not doing political. But now I need to like jump into a specific Discord and get one of the ladies on the show to talk about yeah. exactly this. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be awesome. And I know you have to get going. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Hopefully, Me I'll have too. you back another it's time. It's so nice to talk. It's yes. so good to talk. It's been such a nice time. I've had real fun. So thank you very much for having me. And I look forward to the review. <laughs> Yay, soon. And for those of you who are listening, you are going to have links to Crown Solace and Pete's projects and, of course, the review and where you can listen to the new EP. Hopefully you will enjoy it as much as I did. And thank you again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and I will see you guys next time.